Welcome to Takeaways, Life Lessons Learned. I'm your host, Hayam Mizrahi, recording from MDL Group. Recognized market leaders in commercial real estate brokerage and property management in Las Vegas, Nevada. Join me as I explore my takeaways from the people who have influenced me the most. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. I am back again on site after the NAOP February program. NAOP is the Association for the Commercial Real Estate Development Industry. This program title, Experience This, the Retail Renaissance. The moderator, fabulous moderator, Dan Adamson, owner of ROI Commercial. He really put together the panel, handpicked everybody to give unique perspectives on the spectrum of real estate, uh, representing the development community. Partner with Remington, Nevada with Stan Wasserkrug from the Retail Association. Brian Wachter, I hope I said that right, buddy. Sorry. And representing a different lens of retail, experiential retail and retail on the resort corridor was Brian Sorrentino, also from ROI Commercial. The sponsor this morning was America Nevada Realty. They gave a fabulous presentation and the room was set for a whopping 240 people. So for this episode, I'm going to follow the format from last month. I'm going to slice in conversations that I had on site with each of the panelists and the moderator, Dan Adamson. When I sat down with each of them, I asked them to elaborate on the unique points of view that they shared relating to retail. I asked them to recap what they shared on the panel, and I offered them each a chance to share any additional takeaways that they have about retail and what's going on with retail with all of you. Now, the one panelist I didn't get to was Brian Wachter. He had to leave just before the program ended. So Dan and I discussed a bit of what Brian had shared. So here are my conversations with Dan, Stan, and Brian Sorrentino. Back on the show, Dan Adamson. Dan is owner of ROI Commercial, the most experienced retail broker in Las Vegas, arguably, possibly. Dan, you it were comes the with age. Yeah, <laughs> it comes with experience. Today's topic: experiential retail experiences. So you really were the architect of today's program and panel. We said we haven't done a retail panel in a while. Dan, you're the guy to lead it, make it happen, and you s- carefully selected the panelists. Talk about that a little bit. Who do who did you select and why? It was a wonderful panelist. Uh, we had Brian Sorrentino, who is also a partner. We didn't want to duplicate what I do and what he does. He also does a lot of. Uh, tourism, strip, and entertainment. Uh, He's got four projects up and down the boulevard and uh, kind of a leader in the industry uh, from a brokerage standpoint there. Then we brought in Stan Wasserkrug, who's a developer, and shared his perspective on what he's seeing and where where it's going and what he's developing. And then Brian Wachter from the Retail Association of Nevada was just awesome. He he he? really brought out some stuff that even... You know, everybody shops. Everybody's in the middle of retail. It's a big industry. We see a lot of what people want, but we don't have the foresight that he does. From the lobbying standpoint and seeing what retailers are doing and how they're staying competitive, he's, he's you know, 
steps, white steps and years way ahead of us. And it was really awesome. So I had the, the, the chance to sit down with Stan and with, with Brian Sorrentino. Brian Walker had to leave, so I'm going to ask you to speak for him as well to share what he shared today. What, so we've heard of retail therapy, right, which is a very emotional thing. What I thought Brian Walker did was he gave us the numbers behind it, not the feeling behind it, but the, 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 the head with the heart, so to speak, around retail. And he really gave a, a different feeling to what we think about as brick and mortar. And it's not this old stodgy thing that is, oh, brick and mortar versus e-commerce. How he really talked about statistically and through information, how all retail, brick and mortar, e-commerce, omni-channel, experiential, all the, all the things that were talked about is really informed now by information and how it all started in 2007 when the iPhone had a, a meaningful movement into our society. I mean, that's... Pretty much picture where and, he started. Yeah, and he and he came up with some interesting facts, and we could have probably gone on for another hour or two. Um, he talked about demographics. He talked about income and earning and wages, and and how everything is changing. It, it was just it was uh, it was fascinating to see where we're going and how things are changing and how retailers are getting in the middle of the flow of five trillion dollars worth of business. So between him and Brian Sorrentino and you as well, and then Stan, where we talk about the, the consumer and how the behaviors and the income and then the, the um, tenant's perspective of I want to go into this location and why, and then the developer's perspective of I can build it for you or not, and here's why. Uh, he really took, you know, going back to Brian Walker, he led with income inequality, which right out of the gate you're thinking, man, this is going to be political. Yet it it was, sounded like the debate last night it, in yeah, Las Vegas. But it was anything but. It right. was he presented it in a way where there's there's nothing political about it. Here's here are the facts. You have Correct. people with a lot of money and a lot of access and a lot of information that are going to get one retail experience. And then there's another part of our society with not as much money and not as much access and not as much information that you still have to cater to, but they're going to have a different experience. Black and white. But th that's true. And, and each of them ha have a huge pot of money that they're going to spend things on and the retailers and uh, experiential and fitness people and all that stuff are having to figure out ways to speak to that customer and the consumer. And then I want to go back to you and how you started today's program. You started with a statistics around uh, retail. You framed it in a way of here it is as, as a GBD context and firmly said it's not going anywhere, guys. Gross so domestic product. Go, yeah. go back to that. What were the? Do you remember the stats you well, shared? GDP is nineteen trillion dollars, and retail is five trillion dollars. It's 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 too big. It's not going there. Is it changing? Yes. Do you have a strip center that's ill-advised or functionally obsolescent or obsolete in some way in your community or in the urban core? Probably. Is we've seen regentrification, reinventing, tear down, and do something different. We've all of that. That's that's just a constant change. Um, we see we see closures of some big boxes and Sears and those people. We also see digitally native brands that uh, that are opening 850 brick and mortar locations this year. So it, it, it's kind of you can't do one can't do without the other. You and then the myth that so a Sears perfect example because Stan Wassercrew talked about the Sears at the Boulevard Mall at Maryland Parkway. Uh, it's closed. It's closing, and. Shrinking middle class. Shrinking all no the reasons why. No experience, just the old thing. No service, no nothing. You go in, you get a, a value, and 
it, it, there's just no reason to go there. But then the headline, though, that we read, you know, the American Mall is dead, is not really true because there's not. It's not a, but the American Mall. It's it's no and. So a Sears will close it's for dead all the reasons you just said. It's dead if you're anchored with a retailer that is not forward thinking. But then Stan will take a property like that and reimagine it. Yes, is what and they've done about. on the Boulevard Mall. They've they've put call centers in. They've got a fitness user for the Sears that's closing. Uh, it, it's it's reinventing what it what it could and should be. So, I mean, we've recapped a lot already. I want to ask you from your perspective, what is the message as it relates to retail in Las Vegas? Uh, get ready, get set, and here it's gonna it's gonna come soon. So it, it's just going to change a lot. Where our the landscape of our city is changing a lot. If you look back. 10 years there were no aviators there was no WNBA there was no golden knights there was no now experience that that's an experience it's uh you know call it entertainment maybe it's not quite the stadium's not quite retail there's a lot of retail in the stadium but as retail is going to reach out they're going into hotels they're going into all this stuff as the town grows we've got a lot of uh a lot of development a lot of things planned we didn't go into msg sphere what a, an amazing experiential thing that's going to be. And people really don't know what it is or how to describe it. But all I can say is I can't wait to go to a concert there with that visual presence and see maybe a band that I like or something. It will be or, or see a film or have them take me away to Africa or underseas or, or just, just totally experiential. They can I can just drive 20 minutes from my house or 15 minutes and and be anywhere in the world experiencing anything at a very high level very close up, very real feel. It's, it's really exciting. And, it, and I, I think that we're going to become more and more the entertainment capital. We already are of, of the world, but it's, it's, going, it's going to continue to grow. We don't, we, I mean, we have UFC now. We've got Speed Las Vegas, Richard Petty, machine gun shooting. You can do pink Jeep tours. You can, there's all kinds of stuff that people every, come here. Every single pop artist with a residency on the strip. Of course, yeah. All that. The music and entertainments and the arts are, are crazy. So it's, a, it's an exciting place to be. Retail's part of it. Uh, we're just happy to be riding the wave. Awesome. Well, Dan, thank you for putting this all together. It was a fantastic NAOP program. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. I just sat down with Stan Wasserkrug, who is a partner with Remington. Is Remington, Nevada? Remington, Nevada. The official right. title? Yeah. So you're a developer. Today uh, our topic was retail, and you represented the development community of retail. So share with us a little bit more about what is it that you have going on at Remington. We're uh, really active right now. We, we're in the midst of construction on a couple of large projects, one being Sky Canyon Marketplace, which has a 125,000-square-foot Smiths already open. We're building seven buildings around it. We also have Mountain's Edge, which has an open Albertsons. We're finishing up four or five buildings there. will be completed pretty soon. We're actually uh, opening a, a, a Ross Dress for Less in a few weeks, and then we're starting construction on a Planet Fitness. So the you know our acti activity level right now is really good. And you know what I was trying to promote to the crowd here today is that I think everything's very positive. We have a lot of tenants calling us, wanting to be in our shopping centers, but I think the future, at least for the next 10 years, looks very bright. Is it going to change? Yeah, it always changes. Everything changes. But it's, it's not 
anything negative or in response to the e-commerce world today. There's always going to be shopping centers, and that's pretty much what I was trying to promote to the, the crowd today. And, and you did very clearly. I mean, all the name brands that we know you're building for today and even some new ones that I've never heard of and the audience has, has never heard of. What I thought was interesting was the bookends of the panel. You have uh, brokers talking about tenants and their needs, and you're on the other end as a developer fulfilling those needs in, in brick and mortar. Correct. So what are some of the biggest changes right now that are happening in retail that as you're building ground up today, you're incorporating into your buildings? You know, there's a lot of new tenants out there. And a lot of the older tenants are changing their modeling. So when I w was talking about Trader Joe's going to a 14,000-foot prototype out on a pad, out in front of the shopping center, I mean, I, I would imagine that a lot of people in the audience, you know, were a little bit surprised, but that's what they want to do, and it works for them. The, you know, there's a lot of new concepts that are coming to town. We're dealing with several of them in Phoenix as well as here, but, you know, at first, when someone presents a new concept to you, whether it be a restaurant or just a regular retailer, you kind of go, well, who the heck are they? And do they have any financial strength? Because the last thing you want to do as a, as a developer, you can almost take a look at a tenant and, you know, in your own mind, you go, well, they probably won't be around in a year, but, mm -hmm. you know, you, you try to deal with it and you try to give them an opportunity. There's just a lot of new retail uh, so for all the so for all on. the closings we're hearing about, there's openings as well. Another couple things you mentioned today that was news to me: one, that there's an art zoning along the Maryland Parkway, yes, Maryland Parkway corridor that's it, affecting how you, how you develop. Yes, and also you talked about I thought the municipalities, um, which ones are proactive and easy to work with, and some that none of them you said were really a nightmare or difficult to work with. You just have to know what you're doing and hire the right people, which is a NAOP theme. Any other final takeaways you want to share? No, I actually uh, was quite surprised at the response of everybody. It was a lot, you know, I get a little bit nervous occasionally when I have to go up in front of a couple hundred people, but the people were great, the questions were superb, and I am quite pleased that I did it. Perfect. Well, thank you for being here, and thank you for sharing everything today with NAOP. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Brian Sorrentino just sat down. Brian Sorrentino has many titles in my eyes. Officially, he's the director at ROI Commercial. Unofficially to most, but officially to everybody else, he's the most admired retail broker on planet Earth. That's pretty kind and undeserved. And absolutely true. So, Brian, we had a retail panel today. The lens that you brought to the table was really the resort corridor, retail on the resort corridor, different than our typical grocery anchored inline stuff, although you did touch on that and also what is known as experiential retail. Very hard word to say. Experiential. Experiential. I'll practice that is later. Is the buzzword. All right, so tell us what is happening in the world of experiential and resort corridor retail today. That's cool and interesting. Resort corridor is, I think from a traditional standpoint, has seen a lot of the players that want to be here already. There's plenty of, there's plenty of room for them. Uh, the, the big push is experiential, ticketed attractions, uh, stuff that you can't get at home. Can I ask, what's an example of the big players that are here already, like one or two that we might know? Uh, Nordstrom okay. is here. Uh, Chanel is here. Tiffany's, uh, you know, the luxury brands are here. And then what's an example of an experiential? There's a lot of them looking on the strip right now. They're, I'm trying to think if anybody... Uh, here's one. Um, the e-gaming uh, arena at Luxor. Okay, experiential retail. Yeah. 
right? They're in 30,000 feet in a casino, and it's a revenue-generating property, uh, you know, along that line with e-gaming. The bird's nest in, in, uh, in China, which was, it was built for the Olympics, has hosted e-gaming sites. Arlington, Texas, next to Cowboy Stadium, 100,000-square-foot e-gaming facility. So that's experiential retail, stuff that you, can, you can't get at home. There's, there's crowds, there's environment, that kind of thing. So uh, you even put an experiential feel on Giordano's Pizza, which everyone knows is Chicago's Deep Dish. They have a location with you guys at Grandpa's R Shops. Uh-huh. And the experiential part is you're getting Chicago Deep Dish Pizza in Las Vegas, and they stretch the cheese for three feet or what have you. Right. That, that's one. Wahlburgers is another. Okay. Uh, Celebrity Chef Got is... It. You know, it's Paul Wahlberg, but but everybody thinks that that Mark and Donnie are going to be there. They are occasionally. Um, it's Sugar building 6,100 square foot candy store that um, has walls, it, stuff that you can't find in a normal candy shop. So uh, something that's different. So Stan Wasserkrug with Remington spoke on behalf of the development community. He mentioned something and you mentioned something as well where. Uh, you know, yes, we hear about all the store closings. What we don't hear about are all of the new concepts that are out there. And you put two different kind of spins on these these new concepts. One, uh, concepts that are embracing technology that are unproven, untested, mm-hmm. but could be brilliant concepts. Right. And the other one, you, you said something to the effect of they don't have the money yet to even create a business plan, let alone take down a lease and TIs and all that. Right. Um, a lot of the... Whether it's an escape room, whether it's a uh, virtual reality, uh, whether a lot of them just don't have money. Uh, they're starting. They have one location, two location. They they have intellectual property. They de- they've developed technology, and it's really cool technology. But they don't have the wherewithal to sign a ten year lease and mm-hmm. and have a purpose built space for them. Mm-hmm. So and the developer's not rushing to throw a bunch of TIs into something that's untested. And it's something un- that comes usually late in the conversation. Yeah. After the deal's been cut, after everything. By the, the way, you have a half out. a million bucks to throw at this. Hey, we yeah. didn't get enough money, yeah. and uh, we, we'd like you to be our partner on this. And okay. then you have to make a decision. You know, is is something like that going to be good for the developer? You're seeing um, Forever Twenty One which is being bought by Simon and Brookfield and, and, and another group, they're taking matters into their own hands. So you have mall, mall owners that are willing to, to get right. into the retail and, and control the content. So so fascinating. Yeah. So there's so much share today. It was one of the best NAOP panels that we've had from an interactive standpoint from the audience. Any final takeaways that you want to share? Uh, we're just starting with, with experiential. Uh, don't know exactly what's, what's going to pan out. There's, there's a million and one concepts that are out there that, that want to be the next big thing. Um, it, it's going to be interesting in the next few years, and there's going to be a lot of home runs. Well, there'll be some home runs, and there's going to be a lot of there's some base hits, and there's going to be a lot of strikeouts. And um, just being part of that, it's it's highly interesting. It's, it's pretty volatile, but but it certainly is exciting. So not unlike what we've seen out of Silicon Valley, just exactly. in a different package. Yep. Brian, thank you so much. All right, thanks. There it is. I said it earlier. This program was everything that we expect out of a NAOP event. It was relevant. The information that was shared was of value and newsworthy. And the entire audience that was there, there was, a, there was an absolute buzz after that people were just talking about how awesome the panelists were and the moderator, Dan. And that concludes the takeaways for NAOP's February program. Again, the title was Experience This, the Retail Renaissance. The next program, if you want to mark your calendar, it's Thursday, March 19th at the Orleans Hotel. So that's it for me. Thank you for listening. 
If you like what you heard, leave us a comment, leave us a review. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Takeaways podcast is about sharing and paying it forward. If you like this show, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and leave us a review. It really goes a long way. And if you really like this show, please share takeaways with a friend. Thank you and tune in next time.